Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here at Locked On Nationals Podcast. Joining us today is Max Raymond from District On Deck. We finally have some Nationals offseason signings to talk about now that the lockout is officially over. We'll get to those and more coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Nationals. Your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Joining us today is Max Raymond of District On Deck. Max, it's a pleasure to be finally talking about movement right off-season movement players being signed rumors it's just good to have that back as opposed to cbt figures arbitration pool numbers shifts dh all that stuff it's, it's good to be talking about players now absolutely first off thanks for having me back man and uh yeah i was wrong last time we talked on i was on i said uh earliest the season would start was june i'm pleasantly surprised to see that i was mm-hmm. wrong and there's no way I thought that they would only miss two weeks of the season. So good on them for getting their stuff together. Yeah, and then it was you know it was good to see. I, I saw your piece uh, on on district on deck about when is nationals opening day. It's like a great reminder that like yeah opening day like you know there was some confusion about okay when is this actually going to start. Um, now the 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 just to clear this up everybody. They're going to make those games up they missed in the form of double header headers later on in the season, correct? Yeah. Uh, not They're going to do it towards the end of this, middle and end of the season, right. I believe is what I read. But yeah, all those games will be make up and nine inning double headers, which is good. No more of that phony seven inning stuff. I was actually just talking about this earlier with somebody. I, I enjoyed it just because I thought, I, I, I thought that much baseball in, in a day, especially with the weird off seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm, I'm such a, a person who's so concerned about injuries and whatnot. And look, yeah. when you cover the nationals, it's hard not to be right. I know. I know. I, it's hard not to be concerned about guys dropping like flies. Um, but yeah, so, so nine double headers, which you know is they're going to get the, the full thing in, which is, which is exciting. And um, you know, the nationals have made some moves, right? The, the, fir- the big move that I think everybody saw is that the Nats brought in Steve Ciszek, who is a really you know bigger dude, uh, right-hander who has been around for a long time. If you're a Nationals fan, you probably remember remember him most from. And this is you know dating him a little bit, but he was on the Florida Marlins. Max, mm-hmm. he was in the Marlins when they became the Florida Marlins. Or excuse me, became the Miami Marlins. Um, that was the beginning of his career. He was with Florida slash Miami up until 2015. And then he's bounced around from St. Louis, Seattle, uh, Tampa, Chicago, uh, the, you know, the White Sox uh, and the Cubs also both those teams. And then also in Los Angeles last year, 74 appearances, um, last season. So, you know, had had a pretty healthy workload, 68 innings. He threw 3.42 earn run average and uh you know it was it was a season where look this guy was was pretty successful and that's somebody the nationals you know i i quote tweeted your 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 thought about this any healthy major league caliber pitcher in the pen is welcome this guy's not just major league caliber he's actually a pretty decent reliever as well 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I was very excited when I saw that they uh, signed Steve Ciszek because we've been saying this for what feels like a century. Uh, Nats need bullpen help, always have, probably always will. Last year didn't work out. Now they get back to the drawing board, and Ciszek is a great place to start. Um, 35-year-old veteran. But one thing to keep in mind on is last year he walked 41 batters. His um, mm. walk per nine was at 5.4, which was a career high. Mm-hmm. But then again, you got to look at that. If he walked that many guys and he still had a 3.44 ERA, he was able to do a good job of limiting the amount of guys he let on, which is something to keep an eye on. Still had 64 strikeouts, uh, which was very good. His 8.0 – yeah, so he had a 8.4 strikeout per nine, which was his highest since 2018, not counting 2020 because he only made like 20 innings that year. Uh, so I think he's going to be a very good arm back of the bullpen, probably a seventh inning guy. And he's going to be a veteran, someone that can help the guys like the Kyle Finnegan's and the Tanner Rainey's and the, uh, I'm forgetting his Mason name. Thompson. Mason also. Thompson. Thank you. Yeah. That's where I was going. So, you know, I think this is a good move. And if it doesn't work out, I mean, here's, we all know he's not going to last a season on the Nats. He's going to be traded. The deadline is going to be flipped for prospects, and he's going to help bolster the farm. So, I mean, it's a good move to start. Yeah, and you, you just hope you pitch him. Look, this is, this is a guy who's been pretty good you know, throughout his entire career. Relies on three pitches mostly, sinker, slider, and a four-seam fastball. Throws a sinker 44% of the time. Throws the slider 38, close to 39. And then throws the four-seamer about 17% of the time. Does have a changeup, but really doesn't use it a whole lot, to be honest. And so this is somebody that, once again, is a veteran, um, had a very good performance. You know, 2020 was, was difficult for him, but this is a guy that if you look across his career, you know, he's a, he's a strong reliever. This is a guy that somebody, like you mentioned, you can rely on towards the back. And last season, you know, his 68 innings that he worked was the, the most that he'd worked since 2018. It was um, the, the third most he'd worked in his entire career. Right. And so that's a positive sign. Somebody that, you know, even at the age of 35 and even after being in the league now since 2010, somebody that's still producing at a high level. And that's the Nationals need. Right. They, now, you know, they've gotten proven commodities before. Right. Brad Hand. But that was a little bit the higher mm-hmm. end. Will Harris. Those guys haven't necessarily panned out for the Nationals. But this is not one. of like You're right. This is a one year deal. Kind of no harm, no foul. And even the Brad Hand one was almost no harm, no foul, right? Um, you know, Riley even Adam. the Brad Hands sucked, right? It turned into, Bri- it turned into Riley Adams. Um, and so, you know, they were they were good to go uh, in that spot. So I- I'm with you on the, the bullpen part of it. They need to make a few more signings just like this. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, bullpens are usually, at least for the Nationals' sake, a bullpen of their team's aspirations and caliber is going to be a combination of young guys, maybe guys that you think could be starters or, you know, spot starters like Apollo Espino, right? Guys like that, um, you know, or in, got, you know, I mentioned young guys like Mason Thompson, maybe um, they bring up, totally blanking on his name, uh, lefty Seth Romero, right? But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see. He, he did Gabe Klobosits. Gabe Klobosits, right? So it's going to be a combination of guys. Kyle Finnegan, it's actually not that young, but he's, you know, in terms of major league service time, he is a younger guy. So th- it's going to be a mixture. I- I'm not sure about you. I'd like to see a couple more signings like this. And I also like to see another lefty in the pen as well. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no way they can roll with the bullpen they have right now and expect the bullpen to be consistent. I mean, they finished second to last in ERA last year and second to last in FIP. Like, and they're, they didn't make any 
major moves to fix it. If anything, they just lost some of the guys. So you got Tanner Rainey. Will Harris is back, but who knows if he'll be able to throw in the innings. Uh, And Rainey struggled. I'm I'm, going to interrupt you real fast. Do you even count Will Harris? Like, like when, so when I think about the rotation for the Nats this year, right, um, pitching, like starting rotation, like mm-hmm. I, there's a part of me that's like not even almost counting Steven Strasburg. In the same way, when I look at the bullpen, I, I'm not even counting Will Harris at this point in time. It's hard to do when a guy's been banged up like he has. I agree. Um, I did see Jesse Doherty had a tweet today saying that uh, Will Harris threw a bullpen and Steven Strasburg threw off the mound today. Flat, flat mm. ground today. Mm. So uh, progress, right? Progress. Right. And and right. to your point, I agree. I feel the same way on Joe Ross because yeah, yeah he pitched a lot That's last sad, year, man. but I mean he had his season end early. We don't know when he's gonna be back. So I get it. Like I don't pencil in these spots yet, but you do have to say their name. Right. Got yeah, it. they're there. It's just it's just yeah. hard to it's it's and that's that's that kind of goes right to the national situation. Like if, if this were a team that had the idea of winning a division, right, this year of trying to go to the playoffs, then I, then I think you and I, our tunes would be, I can tell you, our tune would be much different. We'd be like, all right, we cannot count on these guys. So you have to make sure you go out there and get somebody else. The, the idea, I think, for the Nats now, and then we're saying, yeah, there's a couple more signings. But like uh, at the same time, we're saying, all right, if Will Harris isn't there for the seventh or eighth, Mason Thompson should maybe get that opportunity, right? That's a guy who's got an opportunity there to prove something, or maybe like I mentioned to Seth Romero or Tanner Rainey to see if he can get back on track. The way we talk about the opportunities, well, we talk about these guys missing time um, in the, in the idea that there are more opportunities for other guys, as opposed to a hole that must be filled. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's why, I mean, I like the siege tech move going back to it, but yes. And we do both agree that we need bullpen arms, but I am a little worried on who they get because I don't want them to just take, 38 and 39 year old guys out of the scrap right. heap if it means keeping innings away from our uh, Mason Thompson's and our Gabe Clovis right. and guys like that. So I do think they have to be very wise on who they target. Right. And and the, the question for me now is, you know, look at that bullpen. Look, I'm, I'm not married to the idea of you have a set closer, but I think it feels like most managers are who is going to be the closer right now for the Nats, right? I would say the back end of the bullpen, in my opinion, consists of, you know, let's even just count Will Harris now. Let's do four. Kyle Finnegan, right? Mason Thompson, mm-hmm. Steve Ciszek now. And then you throw in, let's just throw in Will Harris and say he's there, right? Is that where you would go? Would you add somebody's name? Because I don't see a ninth inning guy. that They tried Kyle Finnegan out last year, but it was pretty clear. Kyle Finnegan's a really good, like, seventh, eighth inning guy. Seventh, nine, he doesn't belong in the ninth. And that's that's okay. That's totally fine. For for the circumstances which the Nats came upon Kyle Finnegan, he has been more than he's delivered more than mm-hmm. expectations, right? So what do you see though as, as a ninth inning guy, or do you think that guy has yet to be signed for the Nats? I think they've yet to sign him because no one they've had can prove it, but a name we do have to mention again is Tanner Rainey because right. after all his injuries and getting sent to triple A and coming back, he looked good the last two weeks of the season. Super small sample size. But we saw what he could do in 2020. He's a name to keep an eye on, especially if he's healthy. Because last year he had COVID to start the season, hurt to start the season, and he never got going. This year we're hoping Tanner and he's healthy to start. We'll see what he can give. Uh, a few other names I want to mention. Uh, Patrick Bailey, I believe, is the guy that picked up. 
from uh, off of waivers then the season. He has some high heat. Maybe they want to try him the ninth. I don't know if that will work, but that's another in-house option they could try out. And then we'll see at spring training how far away some of the other guys they have, uh, Matt Cronin, and then the relievers they got for the Red Sox trade for Schwarber, and then the Dodgers right. trade, Carrillo and those guys. Like, There's a few other guys that might not be ready yet, but maybe they're not wanting to sign a closer because they view one of them as the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 that's, I think I was just thinking about the same thing while you were talking about that. It's like, all right, well, do you want to try those guys out? But you know, I would try, I would try the guys who have been on the team before I try the young guys. Right. I mean, you just Mm -hmm. don't want to throw a guy who's young into that situation, just have it not go well and the pressure get to him. Right. So, I mean, maybe, you know, like, I know we just poo-pooed it, but, like, maybe you do try Kyle Finnegan again. Tanner Rainey, I think, is the first one because, you know, his confidence obviously was in a different spot. But, like, he's at a point now where it's kind of put up or shut up, right, at this point of his mm-hmm. career. that The Nationals, you know, he's a useful guy, but, like, hey, they got to see, if you know, what, what they got in him. And I'm not, re- I'm not ready to toss Mason Thompson in that spot yet. I'm not sure if you are either. No. Uh, I'm not ready. But, look, one th- it's, it's not to say I didn't love what I saw from him last year. No, I agree. I mean, for a guy that came here, I I think he did he make his MLB debut the Nats, or he had he already made his appearance with the. He, pod? he made it made really uh, just a, a one or two, I think. Okay. with the, the Padres. It was so very for nice. guy with rarely any MLB experience and getting traded to a completely new team, right? Um, yeah, he did great for all the circumstances. Yeah, and I want to see more of him. That's for that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, All right, let's take a quick break here, and we'll get to some other rumors that are flying around right now in Nats land. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. The NCAA tournament is about to start, my friends, so make sure you guys hit up BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. they got college basketball. they got pro basketball. They've got NHL. They've got football uh, futures, baseball futures, Vegas casino games, and a whole lot more. So once again, Head to BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right, so Max, you know, just there's, there's a variety of directions that we can go here. Um, the one that I guess we'll hit first, Anibal Sanchez, right? Yeah. Um, so there is – he threw a bullpen. This is what it was. that He threw a bullpen the other day. And mm-hmm. apparently the rumor was that like 10 teams got in contact with him. Um, you know – This is a guy that last time we saw him on the Nationals, it was like, it was much like John Lester, right? Where the age was trending one direction and still is. He's 38 years old. And the numbers were trending in the wrong direction as well. And that's the last time, you know, 2020 was the last time that that he pitched. So um, I want to get your thoughts on this and just the idea of him coming back. I know the Nationals are hurting for starters. Um, I would like to see them maybe get somebody that they lock, you know, get on a cheap, you know, two or three year deal that you know maybe can rely on because I think this year to year turnover is getting very difficult, uh, especially with the Strasburg injury. So I know they got so much money tied up in, in Corbin and Strasburg, but still, I think maybe springing for a guy for two or three years while they try to bring the young guys along might not be the worst thing in the world, but. Um, what were your thoughts on the kind of Anibal Sanchez movement? The Nationals have seemed to engage him, but there is no, um, there's no formal word yet 
on whether or not he's going to be a national this season. I mean, I had mixed emotions, man. Uh, from the get-go, I was just like, no, no, right, no. Because I get our rotation's a mess. It's a show of itself. Uh, it probably won't be what it was for a long time. But now the, it's about the future, right? And do you really want to take a guy who's at the end of his career who did not have it in 2020, didn't even pitch last year? 2020, the Nats in 53 innings had a 6.62 ERA and a 5.46 FIP. And I get in 2019 of the World Series year, he started 0-6 before he bounced back. But And I know we're bad, but like we have young guys we want to try out. The Josiah Grays. You picked up Josh Rogers, right? And he looked yeah. very good last year. He and you want to see if he's part right. of the future. at least give him a shot. Yeah, at least mm-hmm. give him a shot. Yeah. Paulo Espino was serviceable. I'd rather have the numbers uh, Espino put up with the Nats last year than struggle to watch Sanchez not have it anymore. And I like the guy. I don't want to see the guy go through what some of those veterans go through where they keep thinking they have it and they don't, and they're afraid to just give it up. But I had it pointed out to me on Twitter today. That, yeah, I mean, this is a good, that this would be a good deal for a rebuilding team because you're not spending a lot of money. And if it does happen to work out, you can flip them at the deadline. And if it doesn't work out, hey, you're even if it doesn't out. work out, you can still do it, mm-hmm. right? John Lester. John yeah, Lester got moved the deadline last year, right? Lane Thomas, man. I, I, mean, but, that's, I mean, that's funny. Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. So I get that perspective, but I don't know, especially if he's going to be taking innings from other people. And if Joe Ross is back, I'd rather watch him pitch. If Strasburg's healthy, I'd rather watch him pitch. Patrick Corbin, you have to pay him. but And we already know at this point of his career, even after last year, he's still better than Sanchez. And if we get lucky, he could always go back. Not He's not going to fully regress to 2019, but he could be a 4.0 ERA guy, which you would take in a heartbeat. Um, so no, I don't want to give Sanchez the innings if it's taking away from other guys that might have a part, a chance to be part of the future. Yeah, that's, yeah, I'm kind of with you too. It's like, as long as he's not blocking anybody, but once again, the nationals were so depleted at the end of last year, you know, that that's the one place that it has to go. I, I would say this, Josh Rogers definitely gets, gets an opportunity, right? That's, that's 110%. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you are going to toss Eric Fetty out there again this coming season, right? He's a he's gonna be a definite on there. We don't know Joe Ross. We don't know a Steven Strasburg, right? So at this point in time, you're looking at a starting rotation of Corbin, Josiah Gray, Fetty, Espino, and Rogers. They definitely need one and maybe even two guys to fill it out. Now, the one good thing is, and I think this is the hope, is you know, will we see um, Cade Cavalli in the majors by the end of the year? Right? I think that's something that yes. some of us are hoping that is going to be the case. Going to be starting, but still, you need some guys there to transition and make that happen, right? And mm-hmm. at the deadline, if you move somebody, that's that's kind of maybe a natural progression is that he comes up and takes that spot. So, yeah, his numbers were trending one direction, and his age trending the wrong direction too. But uh, according to Jesse from Jesse Doherty from the Washington Post said that the people who saw him yesterday is his fastball was low nineties, right? So that's not a bad place nope. to be. But we'll we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And I think. The one thing for all of us, people you know who weren't there to see the bullpen, is all right. If you sign him, what does he look like in spring training? Right. That's that's the big thing. Is like, is the velocity actually there? Does this appear to be a guy that? All right, second time to the order. You know, do we, can we, you know, can we project that he can get dudes out? Right. That's a big question because the Nationals are probably going to be in a spot this year again. And look, they have to avoid this where they overwork their bullpen. Um, that was something that Dave Martinez really talked about a lot last year. Max was how much that bullpen got 
dipped into. And and look, the bullpen was bad, but it was also uh, oh exacerbated by the starters because those guys were, you know, a lot of guys were getting deep into games. Corbin was not getting as deep into games as he should have. John Lester was not getting deep into games. You know, they have to get guys like Eric Fetty out there sometimes. Even Joe Ross had some bad starts as well. They were having to get those guys, yank those guys earlier than they wanted to. That means you go into your bullpen sooner than you want to. And look, if it's going to be a lot of young pen arms, I don't want to keep putting extra stress on those guys who have not thrown that many innings before. Uh, that, that to me, is something. So maybe, you know, Anibal is, you know, it, they, need, they need guys who can eat innings. That's really what yep. they need is they need guys who can, who can trust to eat those innings. I know those guys come at a bit more of a price sometimes, but trying this vet thing, like that was my big complaint about John Lester, where the numbers always got awful horrible. No, they weren't like these astronomical, you know, he had a couple bad outings, but like it was the, the problem was they couldn't trust him to keep going deeper into games because the numbers were going to be horrible. They Uh were going to be awful because he couldn't pitch very, because, you know, he was getting the third or fourth inning getting yanked. So that's the thing to me is like, they need guys to eat innings, not, you know, and and I don't care if it's, you know, uh, you know, they have five or six runs in that, you know, six or seven innings, but like, can they get to six? Right. I don't think John Lester was getting to six very often last year. Nope. I have two things. One, bearing injury, Kay Cavalli will make his debut next season in the, mm. for the Nats. Book it. Two, they need an innings eater. I wrote in a piece about him. His name is Zach Ranky. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and you know, I think I mentioned it before. Like, that's a perfect guy to have. And a good veteran presence as well. Somebody you just go in there and, like, he's not – it, it's not like a complete, abject, awful disaster. Also, the guy has got a lot of pedigree mm-hmm. uh, at this point in time, and it's just a good influence to have around. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think Zach Greinke is somebody that definitely I could see here. I mean, that that's the thing is, like, if we're going to pick 38-year-olds, I'd rather have Zach Greinke, who threw mm-hmm. 171 innings last season, than a John Lester or an Anibal Sanchez. You agree? Now, and look, the, the oh, price 100%. tag – the price tag on Granky is going to be higher, yes, but yes. still, he's 38, right? He's he's 38, and this is not going to be a long-term thing. You just need him to hold down. Uh, I think the Nationals, though, would probably rather go cheaper. But the problem is, look, cheaper does not necessarily mean you're going to get results. And nope. and that's that's the thing is that, you know, like we just mentioned, you might actually have to spend some more money so you don't kill your bullpen this year. And they have tons of money. Now that the CBT has gone up even 20 million more, you have more money and flexibility to work with. And if they don't, and the only reason I wouldn't see the Nats sign Granky would be because he says no, because he wants to contend, which is understandable. Right. Another guy to keep an eye on is Chris Archer. You're in a rebuild, right? See what he has left in the tank. See if you can get anything out of him. You have uh, Hickey, the old pitching coach who has been a, a whisper to tons of guys, right? Chris Archer would be a, I don't that maybe he's not an innings either. Maybe he gets hurt right away. But there's always that chance that you can get something out of him. Because I think I don't even know if he's 30 yet. Like he's still young. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, all right. One more quick word from our sponsors here. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You guys go to built.com today. It's built.com. Check out all the Built Bars available right now. Uh, you've got. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're delicious. Got all new flavors all the time. 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So the reports are out right now, Max, that uh, Harry Adrianza is going to be signing with the Nationals. This is somebody that we – my dog's going crazy right now. 
Uh, somebody that we saw on both the Nationals, or excuse me, on the on the Braves, part of that World Series run. A guy whose age is just somebody that, that they're going to bring in now who gives them more opportunity. As my, my parents have come home, so the dog is so happy to see them. Um, this is somebody that they can bring in that is a veteran uh, because they don't really have a whole lot of veteran experience. Just 31 and be 32 years old. He had 247, the 327 on base, a 401 slugging percentage last year, and a 728 OPS with a 90 OPS plus. Drove in 28 runs. And so this is somebody that I think they'll be counting on just to, to – they've got a few guys, in my opinion, with Hernandez, Escobar, uh, maybe Adiel Hernandez. You can count him in there too. And now Adrian's, and maybe even I – think, I think maybe more likely a Michael Franco or a D Gordon that these guys could do really well and you can flip them, right? That, that's yes. kind of what you're doing with these one-year deals is, all right, can we turn these guys into rentals, which we then turn into assets? Or is it a guy like an, a Cesar Hernandez or a Adrianza, somebody who's young enough and plays well enough, you say, all right, maybe we can extend this guy for two years, right, to your contract or something, and they're with us moving forward. I think that's more likely we say Josh Bell get that kind of treatment um, or maybe a Michael Frank of, you know, things go, let's just say things go crazy south for uh, uh, um, uh, Carter Keyboom at third base. Maybe you see it with a Michael Franco and then things goes well and you get him for multiple years. I don't know. These are the low risk signings. These are the ones that can actually pay off in some, in some unexpected ways. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And you and I talked a while ago about different type of guys, and he fits the same mold. I would have rather seen Iglesias, but he got signed yesterday by, I want to say, the Rockies. And um, we'll see what this guy has left in the tank, right? Sometimes these guys who played for the NL East before, some some of them played for the NL East before, come to Nats and put up good numbers uh, out of nowhere. Uh, maybe right. he's got something to help his trade value. And I mean, you said it right. This is not, you're not signing this guy to be a starter. You're just going for depth. You're going for veteran experience and leadership. And so, yeah, there's no harm in the signing. I'm perfectly fine with it. Yeah, th- these, right. These are the ones that, that you, you know, you approach a guy like this and look, you, you bring all these guys in for camp and you want them to put, you want them to push the young guys, right? I mean, you know, these, these young guys, the Elaine Thomases of the world, um, the Carter Keybooms, the Andrew Stevensons, the Victor Robleses, uh, you know, Luis Garcias, all these guys need to be pushed. They, they absolutely need to be pushed. Um, sure, you're going to bring them along, but, you know, that's the one balance here, right? We, you and I complained ad nauseum about the way Estrubal Cabrera was used as opposed to Carter Keyboom. That's all that I think the fans ask is that we don't take away opportunities from the young guys. Mm-hmm. We just use these guys to push them and help make them better as opposed to taking opportunities from them. So I got some Josh Bell news per yep. Matt Wayrick of NBC Sports Washington. Mike Rizzo says the Nats have not approached Josh Bell about an extension and won't consider doing so until after agreeing on his salary for this season. Right, I believe because I believe he's got arbitration or mm-hmm. yeah, last year of arbitration. I'm a right. little surprised by this because, I mean, he's 29 and your right. best first base prospect is Brandon Bosaire, who you just drafted in the third round last year and struggled in single A. I had Bosaire would bounce back hundred percent, but you don't have any other first baseman and he hits very well behind Juan Soto and he's your only good bat not named Soto. That's consistent. steady veteran too. Good mm-hmm. guy, steady veteran and, and did turn it on last year. Did, did have mm-hmm. a, but he had a pretty nice season after he came back from, uh, you know, COVID. you know, he's red hot in spring training then came back with COVID and then I, you know, the rejoin the team, but, um, yeah, I, I, like that, that's somebody that 
you know, I think you and I are a bit dismayed by that news, right? They should be, I think mm-hmm. they should be approaching him about an extension, but I understand why. And then last guy I want to mention before we get out of here, uh, Gerardo Parra, you had some news about that. If you want to share, he's around the team at least right now. Yeah. He's a non roster invite to spring training. So for the baby shark fans, Gerardo Parra will be at spring training for a tryout for the people that are tired of baby shark song and are tired of the Nats holding on to the 2019 world series because that era is over. Right. Uh, apologize i doubt he makes the roster only because of all the veterans they've brought for this situation like the mikhail franco's and the d gordons i think they're better than him at this point in his career he didn't have a lot in the tank last year if they want to sign up and i don't even see if it's worth it you don't use a spot in your 26 man roster just for leadership if he's not going to bring anything like I, i just don't see it you could have another guy that you could give a trout for instead of someone that you know is not going to play. So I'm not ex- truly excited for this great player. I'll thank you for 2019, but the Nats do need to move on at some point. And uh, one more piece. And I'm, I'm with you that hundred percent. So Mike Rizzo, it's funny that you and I are recording this right now is meeting with the media. We'll have more from this later in the week. Uh, Mike Rizzo asked about one said, Oh, said that um, he's priority number one. And uh, says that he's the face of the franchise and also he might be the face of Major League Baseball. It's all pretty good, encouraging PR stuff to say. We'll see where negotiations go. All right, Max, that will do it for today's show. Where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Uh, check us out on Twitter at DishItOnDeck, DishItOnDeck.com. Tons of Nat stuff, especially now that the lockout is over. We have plenty of pieces coming out. Check me out on Twitter. I'm Maxman Raymond. And, dude, once again, thank you for having me on. Always appreciate it. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter uh, at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Max, talk to you next time, my friend. Yes, sir.